This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, so, uh, this would be my Christmas show. Yes, the the annual Dimland Radio Christmas special, in which I talk a little bit about Christmas at the beginning of the show, put in some uh, Christmas bumpers uh, for my breaks, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> and it's and a lot of times I, I talk about the same kind of thing when I talk about the Christmas show. Uh, I talk about the war on Christmas, when actually... What it is, it's a Christian war on the winter solstice. Because that's the reason for the season. Uh, you know, the uh, axial tilt of the earth, you know, which means the northern hemisphere. Even though, you know, it, I remember being a kid, and they would often say, yeah, it's, you know, the, the, the earth is closer to the sun during winter than it is during the summer. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Well... In the northern hemisphere, I mean, it's it, in the southern hemisphere. It's also closer <laughs> at the same time of the year because it's you know it's the same planet. Except in the southern hemisphere, it's summer, and in the you know while it's winter in the northern hemisphere, that's how that works. See, because the seasons are different down there; they're reversed for what they are up here because of of the the tilt in the axis of our planet. And as our planet goes around the sun, it that that tilt puts the northern hemisphere closer or more aimed toward the sun during the summer. And then, so that means the southern hemisphere is aimed away, so that's their winter. Now, uh, places like Australia are close enough to the equator that they don't, you know, get super cold, but, you know, it gets more, you know, or less, less summery. <laughs> uh, but it gets less summery uh, in the, in their winter uh here in the northern hemisphere, where I am in Minnesota, well, we get much colder in winter because we're farther away from the equator. When you know, when the tilt moves, it moves the northern hemisphere, points it away from the sun, even though the planet itself is a little closer to the sun there. But people who live in Australia can say that well, the Earth is closer to the sun in summer and it's farther away in winter. But it's only a teeny tiny bit considering it's about 93 million miles from the sun that's about where we're at it, give or take a little bit depending on which part of the year you're in so uh if you live on the equator well you know it's pretty much the same all the time i, I don't know if their days change in any kind of length at all if it's always the same length or not to you know when you're really close to the equator i imagine that it's 
you get the same amount of sun and day and night, whatever. But maybe it's a little different. If you know, let me know. Send me a message, Dr. Dim at dimland.com. D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. Send me, let me know, because I, you know, I didn't really look into this. But anyway, that's the reason for the seasons, of course, because, you know, the Earth has that access and so so when the northern hemisphere is leaned away from the sun there's less sun to to uh warm it up you know getting to those climbs so the days get shorter and you know and, and all that and in fact if you go farther north you get barely any sun at all but then there are times of the year in the summer where the sun's always out so it's uh it's it's uh it's this planet thing but our ancient relatives way back when started those in the northern hemisphere of course started celebrating the winter solstice because they figured out you know this seems like it's the shortest day of the year that the least amount of sunlight which means after today days start getting longer so they found reason to celebrate that yeah it's cold as shit out there and there's snow all over the goddamn place but at least you know days are getting longer so they started celebrating that and then the Catholics came along, you know, the Christians and the Catholics in particular, because the Catholic Church, I think, was the first church. So, uh, you know, they started thinking, how can we get these pagans, these heathens, these godless people, how can we get them to Jesus? I know. Let's steal their holiday. And we'll just say it was, uh, what do you want to do? Should we say it was Jesus' birth? Okay, let's say it was Jesus' birth. Okay, let's call it that. Because we're not sure exactly what point in the year that Jesus was born, but it wasn't on December 25th, although Isaac Newton was born on December 25th, except uh, I think the calendar's changed, so maybe it's not really... Uh, well, anyway, it's, there was a change over in calendar from one to another, and the days were a little different, and maybe I, uh, Newton wasn't born on isn't technically born on Christmas Day at least as we recognize it today anyway I don't know I'm just winging it because uh, that just that part just occurred to me but anyway they, Isaac Newton had been born yet so they didn't figure what they you know, let's set it up on Isaac Newton's birthday because they, they didn't know he was going to be coming around they figured this Jesus guy Let's 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 say that oh we'll say that's his birth and we'll come up with all these stories that we'll pull from other you know other people's beliefs and we'll kind of cobble them all together and we'll call it Christmas. So that's you know that's how it starts at least that's at least that's my understanding of it. And so you know the Christians get a little some do not all some get a little bothered by it and you know you see the stuff on the facebook uh, uh social media saying that you know really did anybody get upset about having somebody say merry christmas to them really and yeah stores will say you know how about saying happy holidays instead of merry christmas because not every one of our customers that walks through that door is going to be celebrating christmas now, maybe they won't be insulted if you say Merry Christmas to them. They happen to be Jewish. Maybe they won't be insulted. They'll say, yeah, you're just being nice. That's fine. But why don't we be a little more inclusive? Because there are several holidays or there's, you know, there's, there's Hanukkahs in the area and Kwanzaa's in the area and Christmas, of course, and the winter solstice and, you know, Saturnalia and, and all this, you know, the Satanists got to have something. So let's be more inclusive. And nothing sets off a conservative than being inclusive. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. I can't, we can't have those people at the table with us. No, no. You guys go sit at the kids' table. We, you know, we sit here at the big table because you know it's always been that way for us, and we're really getting upset about it being not that way for us anymore. 
Yeah, that's the that's the great replacement theory that that uh, sorts like Tucker Carlson and Stephen Miller are pushing. Oh, they're bringing in all these people. You know, it's, it's these immigrants. All these immigrants are coming into America. Oh, it's terrible. Really, I'd like to ask Stephen uh, Miller what his uh, uh, you know what's his nationalities. We used to do that as kids. We used to ask, "What's your nationality?" And we said, "Well, I'm German and Irish." and French, that's me, uh, and some other stuff in there. Mom would say there's a little bit of Native American in there, but that seems to be a legend for everybody. But I think there is a tiny little bit. I think we did get that figured out when we uh, did a uh, uh, did a thing. Did that, <laughs> did that 23andMe type thing. You know, the, 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 the spitting something or they take... I, did, I was part of this all of us uh, um, database thing that they're building for um, for medical purposes, and they took some blood from me, and they, you know, got some DNA inf information from her, and gave it to me, and said, you know, there, these are your breakdowns. Is what we're seeing that you, your DNA, what you have, is very much in common with people from these areas. You know, and the more people that do this thing, the more accurate it'll get because it'll get more, um, you know, data from these parts of the world, and so we can start comparing. I guess. So anyway. That's what we used to do as kids. We used to say that kind of thing. Because in America, I don't know if they do that in other countries. Because in other countries, they have immigration going on too. Uh, I remember years, like 30 years ago, when my friend John and I went to, uh, we went to London, there was a big protest about immigration or something. I, I, we don't know what, what the protesters were, uh, what side they were on or what was going on, but some immigration stuff. And, uh, uh, and they were taking up Trafalgar Square, which is which sucked because that was the day we went to the National Gallery, which is right by Trafalgar Square, and that's the place where it has all the lions, you know, the sculptures of the lions and this this, this park kind of thing, the, the square. Um, well, we went to the National Gallery to look at some cool artwork, and then we come out and, you know, the whole Trafalgar Square is littered with people whining about something. And so, great, we can't go up and look at the at the lions and, and go to that spot where the uh, the Olympic or the the great uh, uh, you know uh, world hide and seek um, skit began on the Monty Python and the Flying Circus series. There was a uh, sketch on there where they start the world uh, hide and seek contest, and it's a funny bit. And it starts at Trafalgar Square. We we wanted to stand there. So so if Amy and I go back to uh, uh, do end up going to uh, on a vacation next September and to go to the UK uh, I want to go to Trafalgar Square <laughs> and I want to stand in that area where where uh, Graham Chapman and and Terry Jones were standing when they started out their their world hide-and-seek championship thing so uh, anyway uh, that's that's I couldn't John and I couldn't do that because there's a whole bunch of people in the way oh well, what do you know timing is everything so, <laughs> in America, as kids, we would say, what's your nationalities? And we would do that. I wanted to say that to Stephen Miller. When he was whining about all these people coming into the country, you know, and, and well, as the president put it, poisoning our blood, as not, you know, our ex-president, you know, that asshole that was the president, and now, you know, can't accept the fact that he lost, and he's, you know, been indicted four times, he tried to overthrow the government, he tried to overturn, a, well, not overthrow the government necessarily, but overturn a free and fair election, because, you know, because he wants to be Hitler. He's even quoting Hitler now, or at least paraphrasing Hitler. Anyway, I mean, this is the guy. That's the guy that the Republicans will hitch their train to. Yeah, he's the guy. 
Yeah, he's he's he, that's really, you know, and I, uh, it's just, uh, you know, that massive stroke that's coming his way, cannot come fast enough. But I don't know I'm not wishing him dead. I'm just wishing him to go away. You know, can our alien friends come and abduct him and just take him away, and then all the rest of the red hats take them away too? I know it's not very fair of me. It's being mean. I, I you know, but I'm telling you, I'm tired of them. <laughs> you know. I got more on them coming up a little bit later. Anyway, I'd like to ask that guy, well, what's your nationalities? Well, how do you think they got here? How do you think your German relatives got here, if he has any German in him, or Polish relatives got here, or whatever? How do you think they got here? How do you, you, you think they just uh, they were just here? You know, it's like this, they immigrated. That's how they got here. Now, I know they're going on about the illegal stuff, but I, Jesus, I don't know. I'm going to move along because this is my Christmas segment. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the church takes these pagan things, you know, like the Christmas tree, the mistletoe thing, you know, the, the happening at this time of year. They just take it all and just, you know, they just, this war on pagans to convert them into Christians and, and you know, make the world a worse place. I don't know. I think I've said it. If you're going to be a Christian, be the Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter type. Be them. Don't be the Joel Olstein. Don't be the Republican type, in general Republican type of, uh, of Christian. Don't be them. Don't be the Lauren Borbert type of Christian. You know, the one that spouts it all and then goes to see a play uh, that's geared toward family and allows herself to be felt up by her date while she, uh, you know, grabs a bit of handful herself. It's like... I mean, oh, God. It's supposed to be Christmas. Uh, we put up our tree. Uh, we did that just after Thanksgiving. It's really nice. I think I might have mentioned that. Here's the thing, though, about this year. Well, it is the first Christmas without my dad. And it's the second Christmas without Mom. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a little different. Uh, Christmas was generally held... Uh, most years at mom and dad's house, um, at the house that Amy and I are now living in, and inching ever closer to being the official owners of the house. It's just got illegal stuff to get through and paperwork to sign and whatever. And we might, uh, going forward, after this year, offer up, let's have Christmas at the house. Let's do it here. Uh, because, you know, it's a tr been a tradition for a long time. And by next Christmas, hopefully we'll be more settled into the house than we are now. Because right now it's just mom and dad's house with all their stuff around and just a couple rooms with our stuff in it and a basement filled with our stuff. But it, it, it just hasn't, we haven't, we haven't made it our house yet. My sister tells us, you know, tell, it told Amy and I, just make it your house. But we're waiting until it's, you know, it's officially under our, you know, our ownership. So, you know, and when that happens, then we'll start putting, you know, when we put away Christmas, that's when all the Jesus comes off the wall <laughs> and all the Satan goes up. Oh, yeah, we'll have Satan all over the place. We'll have a giant statue of Baphomet right there in the middle of the living room. No, it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> there probably won't be any Satan around the house. Just in our hearts. That's all. Hail Satan. Uh, so anyway, and you know, 
and I and I've mentioned this before. I'm going to say it again. I don't believe in Satan any more than I believe in God. I just, if I were to go around saying praise Jesus, people might believe me. They might believe that I mean it. But when I say hail Satan, I know I'm messing with people's minds a little bit, and and that chances are they're not going to. You're not. You don't really believe in Satan, do you? You're not really hailing Satan, are you? And I'll say no, I'm not. I don't believe in Satan anymore than I believe in God or Zeus or anybody else. So, anyway, <laughs> one thing about this Christmas as well is well, we're not going to have the. Uh, we're going to have a very quiet Christmas. We're not going to. We're not going to have the family over and anything. My sister actually said. I'm not ready to have Christmas at mom and dad's yet because it's it's still pretty close to losing you know dad and and having both of them gone. I understand. And uh, Amy and I, you know, my older brother had invited he and his wife had invited us over there to their place. But uh, Amy and I just said, you know, what we're thinking is that we just want to have a quiet Christmas at home and. You know, just, you know, maybe, you know, bring our son over and have something to eat. My sister actually sent us some pizzas, uh, really good pizzas. She said, you know, for Christmas. She says, here you go. So so we'll have those, and we'll just hang out. We'll watch something on TV or, you know, whatever. Watch football if there's football or whatever. We'll just, uh, we'll just have a quiet Christmas, just us. We'll see what we do next year. So anyway, uh, if I don't, if I forget to say it at the end of the show, for those of you... We celebrate Christmas. I want to say Merry Christmas to y'all. And uh, um, and then I'm going to my break. That's the Christmas segment of the show. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas from Dimland Radio. And I'll be back after this break. Baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa baby. You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. We're the station that beats all the competition, and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Silver and gold, silver and gold, everyone wishes for silver and gold How do you measure its worth Just by the pleasure And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons 
All right, we got the Christmas out of the way. It's time for sports. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like uh, I don't know, catching up the uh, sports ballers in my in my listenership uh, to you know, what's going on here in uh, at least in Minnesota sports and a little bit in some other team. There's another team that's doing some making a lot of noise in this off season uh, of their of their particular sport. Um, but let's start with uh, let's start with uh, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the Minnesota Wild is is the Minnesota's uh, hockey team. They took over. Uh, well, they they were brought in as a new franchise when uh, Norm Green, after Norm Green had stolen the Minnesota North Stars and took them down to Dallas. Yeah, that's right. As soon as the the see see back in those days, uh, before the the North Stars left Minnesota, uh, there's the interstate called uh, that's I-35, and that runs north and south, and uh, and it goes from geez, where does it start out? I think it starts out in like Duluth or something, and it heads on down to Texas. It's kind of just straight down, right? And but except when it gets to the Twin Cities, it has this weird. It gets split, and I don't know if that happens anywhere else, but it gets split into uh, 35E, the east part of it, and 35W. It gets a little split around, and for a while there. It didn't connect until past the Twin Cities or something. There was this little, this there was this little area just outside of of, uh, of St. Paul. There's this little stretch that would have been would you know if they would allow if the people that lived up on the hill above it would have allowed the 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 interstate to to be built through there, we would have had that little more of a straight shot. You, know, you still have 35E and 35W, but there's you can, you know, there's this little stretch that just wasn't allowed for quite a long time to be part of, of the uh, uh, of the interstate until, until about the 90s. They, somewhere in there, they say, okay, you can do it, but you got, you can't, you have to limit the speed, the speed to 45 miles an hour along that stretch. So it, uh, some old radio personality in the Twin Cities, and he was also a newspaper syndicate uh, uh, columnist. Uh, he he referred to it as the practice freeway because it's just 45 miles an hour on a freeway. Yeah, but that's that's what that's that's what had to be done to please the people, the rich people up on top of the hill, so that uh, this little stretch can be continued in and 35, uh, uh, you know, that I-35 could be connected all the way, just complete, you know, from I think I think it's Duluth or somewhere around there, all the way down to Texas. See, so then, so it got connected, and once that happened, it, then the it, it made it possible to well, this is correlation causation. It's not true, but it's it's you know once that was completed, then the North Stars just drove on down to Dallas. We knew things were up. That that uh, that Norm Green seemed like a little bit of a well. At first, you thought well, he seems pretty good, but then he got a little shystery, a little little, and then changed the name of the North Stars to just the Stars, and we thought, oh, calling us just the Stars now. Oh, that'll make it easier just to bring you down to Texas, won't it? Because then you just call them, you know, the, the Dallas Stars, and that's what happened. So we lost the team. Team never won a cup. They went to two Stanley Cup Finals. First one they lost to the New York Islanders. The second one they lost to the Penguin, uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, that was uh, the first. First one I think was in '81, something like that. And then the next one was in '91. 
first one might have been 1980 or so. Yeah, something like that. It was anyway. And you know, so we never Minnesota didn't win the cup. Minnesota North Stars never won a cup. Now we got the Minnesota Wild. They've never won a cup. <laughs> oh, the Las Vegas team, they've won a cup. <laughs> uh, you know, teams where their lakes don't freeze over at any point in the year, they have won the cup. You know, like Los Angeles. <laughs> but not a Minnesota team. The state of hockey. <laughs> anyway. Okay. You know, I... I, 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 want, I, I used to say no team in hockey should ever win the cup if they don't have lakes that freeze over at any time of the year. And I, I've amended that. None of those teams should ever win a cup until after the Minnesota Wild win the cup. Are they going to do it this year? No. <laughs> no. Uh, they were not so great. Uh, they, I think they, they fired their coach and they got another coach in here. And they got better after, the, you know, they've been doing better after the other coach has taken over. Uh, but, you know, they're not going. It's, it's just, you know. It, uh, well, we'll see. That's why they play the games, right? However, we've got a different team in the city, the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's our basketball team, uh, professional basketball team. They've been around since, like, the 90s, and they suck. I mean, they've always sucked. Oh, there were a couple of moments where they weren't so bad. Where they actually were pretty good. Yeah, Kevin Garnett was Garnett was on the team, and it looked like they might do okay. They went into the playoffs a bit, but then you know, then they lost to the Dallas Mavericks one year. And they've never they've never won the championship in basketball, and they've almost always been pretty bad. There was this one trade that was done early on that uh, ended up the you know the league looked at it and says, "Whoa, this is not right. They did something wrong or whatever," and and they got punished. The Wolves got punished, and for. For years after that, they could never field a really good team because of all the restriction put on them and because of some underhanded trading stuff, that dealt, you know, I, which I don't remember everything. But this year, so far, they're doing better. This year, actually, it's, you know, we're kind of, we're all raising our eyebrows brows a little bit going, really? Hmm. They're doing really well. Uh, as of yesterday morning, when I looked at the paper... Their record was, I think, 21-6, and six, which they're tied with the Boston Celtics for the best record in the NBA. So, interesting. It's interesting. I mean, I don't follow basketball as closely as I do you know, uh, football or baseball, for sure, or hockey. You know, basketball's not, you know, I, I enjoy it enough, but just not enough to watch it. <laughs> you know, it's, it but I hope that the Timberwolves do well. It's just been, they've never, they've, they've kind of been a team that's never been. I mean, just kind of. A couple, like I said, a couple of times in their history, some interest, some possibility, but then uh, no, nothing. So no championship there. We do have another team in the city, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. And they suck. <laughs> now, nah, they're, they're in the hunt for the playoffs at this point. But they've, I, 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 you can't really be too hard on them because they lost their their starting quarterback to an Achilles heel tendon tear or whatever, so he's out for the season. They've been trying to use other quarterbacks to see if they can, what they can do. They had this one guy in there named Dobbs, uh, played the first first couple of games he played. The, the the Vikings won with him. He was it was very surprising, and and we thought, oh, this guy maybe I was you know I never got on the bandwagon for the Vikings never because they they will disappoint you no matter what. 
because that's what they do. Because they've never won uh, a Super Bowl anyway. They have won one league championship, uh, or, you know, when before the two leagues, the AFL and the NFL, became one league, the NFL. Uh, back in those days, the first Super Bowl the Vikings went to, they won the NFL. That was the big championship. They won it. They had it. They won it. That's, you know, they, that's, that was it. But that's not how it's looked at. Because the Super Bowl has, they went on to that Super Bowl, Super Bowl in 1970. They lost to the Kansas City Chiefs with the strutting, smug Hank Stram. Oh, I just love those NFL films. Watching that ass wipe, walking around, going, here you go, boys. You know, yeah. Anyway, Vikings fans don't like Hank Stram. So, so, um, so the Vikings are, I think they're, I, they, uh, last Saturday, they played, you know, this is the time of year where the NFL starts to schedule games on Saturdays, just to kind of build more excitement or whatever for the for the end of the season and then the postseason. And uh, uh, so the uh, the Vikings played last Saturday. They went to Cincinnati, played the Bengals. I was working here at the comic book store, which I'm at Nostalgia Zone right, zone, right now, which, you know, become a, go to NostalgiaZone.com, become a member, save 10%, get 10% in points, and every time you, you purchase something, so that can build up so you can save more money in the future. All you got to do is go to NostalgiaZone.com. It's great. It's a comic book store. You collect comic books. We sell back issues. That's what, that's what we do. Just check out Nostalgia Zone. Hey, got that ad in. So anyway, <clears throat> I was here, and uh, about 2 o'clock, I you know, ran out to go pick up some lunch for me and I put the radio on the game was on I was oh that's right the game's on and I turned it on just as the Vikings had kicked a field goal to go up uh, 17 to 3 on the Bengals and that was in the late in the third quarter I believe they went into the fourth quarter with that lead 17 to 3 and so then you know I got back to work uh, then I just you know wasn't listening to the game anymore and I forgot about it until about 4 o'clock or something. I thought, oh, I wonder how the Vikings did. And I went and went online, checked for the score, saw that they lost 27-24. They lost in overtime. And I thought, I laughed. I was, how, how? How did that happen? The one thing, the one thing about this team was that the defense is pretty darn good. But they melted away in the fourth quarter. They gave up three touchdowns. <laughs> allowed the game to be tied. Because the Vikings scored one more touchdown. Uh, they allowed the game to be tied, going to overtime, and they lost in overtime. I just, it's just, ugh. I think, my prediction is there's three games left in the season, two against Detroit, one against the, uh, Green Bay. So this game coming up uh, this weekend is against Detroit. I think they're going to lose. And if they do lose this game, it's a shoe, and they're going to lose the rest, I think, for the next two games. They're just going to lose out the season, end up 7-10, and 10, and then that's done. No playoffs, no talking about them. That's that's done, and you re- again, you really can't blame them. They lost their starting quarterback, who's you know who's in, who's good enough to get us into the playoffs, just not good enough to get us into the Super Bowl. All right, uh, the Twins are in their off season; they aren't doing anything, uh, at least nothing that I've heard. Nothing. Uh, I mean, they might be doing some little moves here, trying to get some you know players and, and things, but it's the Dodgers, Los Angeles Dodgers. They signed Shohei Otani to a $700 million contract over 10 years. $700 million. How are the Twins ever going to compete with that? How are we ever going to... You've got a team that can pay somebody that much money. Now, I don't know how it's structured over those 10 years, but the, the idea is it's $700 million. $70 million a year. I don't know if it works out that way, but it's a ton of money. 
And they just signed another guy. Uh, I wrote it down so that I would make sure that I would pronounce it properly. <sighs> Yoshinobu, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, he's he, he like 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 Otani is from Japan. He's a pitcher, also like Otani, but Otani is a pitcher and a hitter. He on the days he's not pitching, he's a designated hitter. He was for the California Angels, but he's now traded over to the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Dodger and the National League had adopted the designated hitter like a year or two ago or last year. Um, they they started using the designated hitter so that you know. Otani wanted to play for the Dodgers. At least the hated Yankees didn't get him. And then this other guy, uh, uh, Yamamoto, he's a, a fantastic pitcher for in Japan or whatever, and he, he's being brought in, and he's going to get paid $325 million over 12 years. That's a billion dollars between these two players. That's insane. And and the Dodgers is sort of my is my second team in baseball. The Twins are my first, but the Dodgers I've kind of you know a friend of mine's a fan of the Dodgers, and uh, he and I would t started to get you know uh, uh, talking about Dodgers stuff. He, he just got me more involved in the Dodgers than than I used to be, and so they're kind of they're my second team. But oh boy, a billion dollars! <laughs> Yikes! Oh well, you know, and and I. This this could be this this pairing, of uh, of uh, for the Dodgers in any way of Otani and Yamamoto could be like a Drysdale Colfax uh, pairing uh, back in the '60s. Um, you know, Drysdale and Colfax, uh, Don Drysdale and Sandy Colfax, were two fantastic pitchers pitched for the Dodgers, and that was you know. So this could be another one uh, of that sort of pairing, uh, except. Um, Otani brings a little Babe Ruth to it, <laughs> so because Babe Ruth used to pitch and hit and was pretty good at both until he just became a, uh, a hitter, so he got off the mound. So I, I, I you know, wow, that'll be interesting to see what happens next season. Where am I in my time? Holy smokes! I'm going to take a break. So that's enough of the sports for the sports ballers. You're all caught up now. Uh, I'll catch you up at some other time. But uh, oh, I will say this: I miss baseball. Oh boy, do I miss baseball. Anyway, uh, it's time for our next break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. This is my Christmas special, except the Christmas part's over. But there are still uh, these bumpers, so enjoy. I'll be back after this break. Oops. Sorry about that. It's the best time of the year. I don't know. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm Mick West. In my podcast, Tales from the Rabbit Hole, I have extended conversations with people who have been involved in conspiracy culture. I do this for a couple of reasons. 
Firstly, because it's really interesting. These people have great stories about how they fell down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, what they did down there, and what it was that helped them out. Sometimes I also talk to people who investigate conspiracy theories, and they have equally fascinating stories from the other side. Secondly, I want to understand how best to prevent the spread of conspiracy theories and misinformation, which is an increasing problem in a time when alternative media is exploding. The best way to do this is to communicate effectively with the people involved, and the best way to do that is with a nice long chat. Check it out. Tales from the Rabbit Hole. TFTRH.com Since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Shows no signs of stopping I brought some corn for popping Lights are turned way down And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons Did you hear that little uh, bit there on the uh, on the uh, that, that last bumper I was playing? <clears throat> Did you hear it? Uh, that was Let It Snow by uh, Bing Crosby, his version of it. And I'm going to play it again. I want you to listen to it right toward the end. Okay, I'm just going to play the whole thing because I'm, I'm not going to fast forward through it and everything because that would take skills I don't have, or at least technology I don't have, or something like that. So, so let's enjoy that little bumper again and pay particular attention to that end bit here. Let me get my headphones on so that I can hear it myself. And here we go. Oh, the weather outside is frightful But the fire is so delightful Since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Shows no signs of stopping I brought some corn for popping I brought some carn for poppin'. Some carn for pop carn? Isn't it corn? Is there is there a part of this country in which people pronounce the word corn as carn? I'm not. I, 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 I when I was setting this up uh, to uh, you know for you good folks to do this show. Uh, and I was picking the, the Christmas bumpers I was going to use. I don't have many of them, uh, so you know, I tend to use the same ones each year. But <clears throat> anyway, so I, I saw I had Let It Snow on there. I so, said, well, I don't think I've used that in a while. So I put it in, and I was listening to check the volume and all that kind of stuff. And it got to the end, and it, I got some carn. I brought some carn for pop carn? Was that an error that just got left in the song because they didn't want to bother re-recording because it's just a Christmas song or something? I mean, Bing Crosby has a incredibly smooth and, and relaxed voice. He's got that sort of a low tone, uh, but it's very, it's very relaxed. His singing was was always like that, just smooth, calm. You know, if only he was as good a father as he was a singer. Anyway, <clears throat> Karn, I heard that. I I I don't know if you know if there's a part of the world or this country 
uh, in the United States, I should say. Maybe in Canada they pronounce corn carn, but I, I don't know. It, I, I, that's when I heard that. I thought that's weird. Is that? Did he say carn? I think he said carn. No. Oh, well. Speaking of, let it snow. We ain't got no snow. Uh, this here, we're in Minnesota. We generally have snow by Christmas. We have snow on the ground by Christmas. Now we've had a couple little bouts of snow, where it did put some, you know, a bit a coating on the ground, but we warmed up and melted away. Uh, we had, we had just like I don't know, like like a half an inch of snow on Halloween. Which which made that I don't know what the most of it was uh, for that in the Twin Cities, but that made it the second snowiest <laughs> uh, Halloween on record, uh, and it was only at most it was like an inch of snow at most, and that was the second snowiest. The first snowiest was the 1991 blizzard, Halloween blizzard, which once it was done, we had dumped I don't know something like 30 inches of snow on the Twin Cities. <laughs> it was oh it was crazy. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, it, I was living at home then. I was working a janitor job. I'd only been on that job for, by that point, a couple of years. And uh, um, I, I managed to drive home Halloween, but it was the, the next night went back to work, and I got stuck trying to, I couldn't get to the, uh, get to the driveway. I had to end up parking in a, um, the parking lot of a of a White Castle restaurant overnight because it just I couldn't I couldn't get there because the snow had just kept coming um, and I remember Dad and I just shoveling out I, and that was when I was taking care of my next door neighbor remember I told you about him on the last show that I did um, about you know him being involved in Pearl Harbor and being on the ship that fired the first American shots of the war and and he lived right next door. You know, anyway, so I, used to, I was shoveling his snow at the time. I'm not sure if he was alive then. I think it was just his wife living there. And uh, um, uh, I remember I was a, they had this uh, a little snowblower, just this tiny, it's called a snow pup. Well, I think it's a Toro, uh, but it's a snow pup. And what it's good for is an inch or two of snow max. And this was, <laughs> I don't know what it was at that point. But I, I was trying to use theirs. That's what they. That's what the the neighbor had. I'm trying to use that, and I'm sort of thinking, I'm not getting anywhere with this. This is not going anywhere. I better just grab a shovel. It'd be easier. So I'm starting to think that. And the neighbor was walking uh, down the alley, and he saw me struggling. He says, "You know, you might be better off using the shovel." And I turned to him. I said, "You know, I'm coming to that same conclusion." So I put it away, grabbed a shovel. Dad was over taking care of of our uh, our sidewalks and such, and then I, you know. Worked on there, uh, on the neighbor's stuff, and then went over to help Dad. It was after that storm that Dad finally said, okay, I'm getting a snowblower. <laughs> he got one, uh, finally. Now, he had, I think he had one of those little snow pups as well. That Where he got it, I don't know. But uh, it didn't, at, at some point, it just didn't work. It's like it just couldn't get it started, whatever. So Dad just, yeah, well, uh, with a shovel. I got a kid here who can help. You know, And that's what I did, so... But he decided that's it, snowblower. But that was the you know the second snowiest Halloween was just an inch or two. So that shows you how much snow, maybe not even two inches. What that shows you how much snow that we get on that point of the year. But by Christmas, we usually have snow. Last year we did, and but this year, 
it's uh it's there's nothing it's and it's been kind of drizzling kind of raining a little and as far as i'm concerned that's fine it feels a little uh i've talked about in the past where christmas lights when people decorate the outsides of their houses and that when they put up the lights out there having a coating of snow on the ground makes them look even better because there's that glowing off of the snow there's that the adds to it it looks really good and it helps to make places look cozy you know i've said i've liked the you know, when i drive by houses and i see the christmas tree in the in the window all lit up ever since i was a kid i just liked that it was just this you know feeling of coziness and of, of community you know we're all celebrating christmas that kind of thing it's you know, a sense of belonging which is part of the reason why religion is is a uh, attractive thing for humans anyway i'm not going to get into that but it, so with with snow around it makes it look even cozier it's just it's just you know but now it's everything the grass is kind of brown and and there's no leaves on the trees and there's no there's no snow around and it's just it seems kind of drab it's going to be a drab looking christmas uh which is you know what what are you going to do i mean it's not like i'm going to go move up to canada so i can have a white christmas um and and it's actually okay by me because as you know, Amy and I are trying to sell our house, and it's not easy to sell a house in the winter weather. Uh, but uh, it, as long as there's no snow on the ground, and it's surprising, we've got a couple showings this weekend. We got one today, one tomorrow. I didn't think we'd have any showings until after the holidays. Uh, we had a bunch, uh, like you know, uh, as soon as we put it on the market, we got like a bunch of like half a dozen or so so far. And then a couple this weekend, which surprised me. But, you know, as long without there being snow around, it'll be easier for people to buy the house and move in. <laughs> but snow is coming. It'll come. We're not going to avoid a winter, uh, uh, snow all winter. It's coming. The other thing, though, that this isn't bothering me, because remembering last winter, last winter was the third snowiest winter on record in the Twin Cities third snowiest the first snowiest was uh 1984-85 and i remember that one uh i didn't go i didn't i wasn't able to go see a cheap trick concert that was uh at some place in minneapolis because a snowstorm came in that day and this was in november and i got home from school i was going to art school at the time got home from school and my friend john who i was going to go with uh, to the concert same guy i went to london with called and said we ain't going i ain't driving in this Oh, great. So, so there you go. So, okay. Um, Minnesota has, uh, uh, has redesigned its state flag. And I like it. I like what they've come up with. Now, they set this out there to the public. We want to design a new flag. Our state flag, quite frankly, sucks. It's not what they said, but that's what I said. It sucks. It's, from, from an artistic standpoint, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> it's horrible. It's busy. It's messy. It's poorly drawn. It is, it is just, it's an awful design. It's crap. It's, it looks terrible, <laughs> the, the, the design that we have. Now, of course, I didn't give it any thought, really, until they said, you know, we need a better flag. We need a flag that's a flag, not the state seal on a flag. 
with the word Minnesota on it so we can know what state that is. Yeah, forget what flags are supposed to be. Flags are supposed to be symbolism. They're supposed to be... Now, there's a fellow on the YouTube uh, calls himself uh, CGP Gray. And he does uh, little animated videos. And, and part of the stuff that he does is, is he looks at flags. He's... Uh, I don't know if he himself is one, but... Uh, uh, but uh, it's it's the uh, it's the vexi vexiology, 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 which is the study of flags. Vexi vexiologists study flags. They study the history of them. They study the design. They study the symbolism, the usage. They study flags. And this guy, I suppose, would could be considered that he's looking at the design of flags. And he has some—he has a pretty good list of criteria of what a flag should include. He, there's a video which I'll link to on the show notes page. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes slash blog option, and you will get to the show notes for this week's show. I will link to. There's a couple videos he's done. Uh, there's one where he—it's he, like he's—he's—he's he's, he's got a class. He's teaching at an all-girls school for some reason, and he's got a class, uh, and he and he's and well, 50 students. And these, they were assigned to design flags. And each member of the, of the, of the classroom is one of the states. Okay, so, so, the, so he goes through all the flags, of the, the 50 flags of the United States. And uh, he gives them a grading scale from S being super to A, B, C, D, F. You know, down through that. But... He's, he says, since he can tell that there's going to be a lot of F's in there, he's decided to make a second scale, the F scale, from FS. F, you know, it's a fail, but it's a super, but it's a, you know, a really good fail. Just barely misses a D. Down, you know, F A F B F C D and F F. You know, so so he, and F F F doesn't stand for the Fantastic Four. It stands for he failed really miserably, bad bad fail. And there's like 20-some flags in the United States that is a field of blue with the state seal in the middle, quite often with their name on it. And he has uh, a cri five criteria to, uh, for, for the flag. One, keep it simple. Two, uh, make sure that it's distinct from a distance, recognizable from a distance, and uh, recognizable when flying and when hanging, when there's no wind. So that you can still tell what state flag that is. Uh, the, the third criteria: three colors or less, with some exceptions. Because he was he shows an example of a world flag that has uh, four or five colors, but three colors or less is best. Uh, symbols it must have symbolization that the the colors mean something, the shapes in there mean something. You know, it has that. Uh, and then five, um, no words, especially state names. Now he mentions he, he shows the Brazilian flag, which has which is a pretty good design and it does have words on it. But he mentions that as sort of an exception because if you hide them well enough, uh, the state of Ohio has an O in it, and it's and he does make note of it at some point in in this video that. You know, we didn't even most of us didn't even notice that there's an O in the flag, so that that's okay. He liked that. He thought that was fine. Uh, 
uh, Colorado, there's a C in there. And he's like, yeah, you know, you're pushing it. So he goes to him, and can you guess which of the 50 flags of the United States he picked as the worst flag at position 50? Minnesota. He picked the Minnesota flag as bad. It is horrible. It's got a circle in the middle with a white band around it, and inside the circle's got the image of a of a farmer tilling the soil with a Native American on a horse riding by, and that can be interpreted as being it's our land now, Native Native American. You can go right away now. It could be interpreted that way. It could also be interpreted as look, we're sharing the land, you know, or it, it's just it's yeah, it could be interpreted. It could be problematic. You know, some depending on your own personal viewpoints, some pick, looked at it. Yeah, this is a lot more problematic than and then others might say. Well, it's not a problem. This is showing the the, the white man and the red man living together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a little problematic. Uh, I think it's horribly horribly drawn. Terrible, terrible drawing. It's really bad. And you and when you put it on a flag and you get a distance from it, you can you just see, I don't know, what's that white circle in the middle? It's got Minnesota written on there. It's got 19 stars on it because the 19 stars is a symbol. shows that we're the 19th state to enter the Union after the first 13. So that makes, what, 32nd state in the United States, I think, if I did the math right. So it's, it's just, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> Design-wise, all right? Design-wise. So, I don't know, the, uh, the, the, the people in charge of our state flag, who also, uh, you know, we, we redesigned our state seal. So it's much better. And it's, it's more pleasing. The artwork looks better. It's got our loon on it. And, you know, it doesn't have to have every symbol in it. The, our seal has symbolization, you know, this, on the flag. Let's see, let's run through all the busyness that it has going on it. It shows the you know it 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 shows the plains that's because most of our state is like plain state but it also shows the importance of agriculture. It's got the Mississippi and the St. Anthony Falls in there. It's got the 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 state tree, the Norway pine. It's got uh, what else is there? It's got our timber. It represents our timber industry and hunting and labor. Um, it's got the words uh, the French words for star of the north because we're the North Star state. We're the highest. Uh, we're the most northern state of the uh, uh, of the contiguous United States. Until Alaska entered the Union, we were the highest northernmost state in the uh, in in the country. Uh, <coughs> period. But. Um, it's got the state flower in there, the lady slipper. That's in there. Uh, I'm surprised it doesn't have a loon in there, but maybe when the, the seal was designed, they didn't pick the common loon as our state bird yet. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, and then it's got the Native American on a horseback. It's got the farmer tilling the soil. It's got all this shit in there. <laughs> and one of the points that the, that, uh, that's, that the fellow, the YouTuber, makes about flags is that they are flags. They're not stamps. They're not posters. They're not things that can be examined close up and look at the details. They are meant to be seen at a distance. You should be able to recognize it right away. Um, he does pick a few flags that are that he called super. Uh, uh, the three of them, and I won't give away all of them, but one of them is New Mexico. And then it's just you know it's got symbolism it's it's simple it's simple as, as can be it's it's two colors 
it stands out. It's you know yellow and and a kind of a red. Uh, it, it's just it's a perfectly designed flag, recognizable from a distance when flying and when hanging. So it's it, it it's great. And when it's in a vertical position, it looks good too. You know that's another aspect of it looking good. So. I don't, I don't think Minnesota saw that video. <laughs> Whoever the officials were, they decided we're going we're gonna to change the flag. They decided we're going to put it out there to people. Send us your designs. We will pick which we think are the best, and then we'll whittle them down from there. So they got down to six flags, and then they got down to three. And they picked one. And the one they picked, they still did a little more tweaks to it. They took the design, and what it is, uh, it shows uh, what they ended up with. It's three colors: white, a dark blue, and a bright powder blue. Uh, the dark blue sits on the pole side of the flag, and it's like a K shape. It's a solid K shape, which mimics this the shape of our state. Then it's got then the rest of the flag that heads out to the not pole side is this, and the and the, the 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 K shape the, the Minnesota shape is dark blue, and the other is the the powder the bright powder blue, and in the center of the dark blue part is an eight pointed star, and that's white, and that's it, and I saw it, I said I like that. I saw. I'd seen the other, you know, the, the finalists, and the one that it's based on. This, this, the final design that they picked, then did a little tweaking to, changed it a little bit. You know, I, I, I liked that design, but there was something about it that put me off. And that was, um, it, it, you know, it was, uh, it had the Minnesota element. It had a, it had an eight-pointed star. That star had four short points and four long points, you know, alternating. Which, when you do something like that with a star, it suggests twinkling to me. It, it, that's, that's what the design is suggesting, a, 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 a twinkling star. But the, the, the flag design committee decided, let's make the, the points equidistant, you know, equal, equal in size. Um, excuse me. And uh, the, the, the part that's the powder blue part... Uh, the initial finalist design that had uh, it was a tri as a tricolor. There was three colors in it. It was light. It was that powder blue at the bottom. There was a stripe that way. The middle stripe was a was a green, and the top stripe was white. And that was. Uh, I will also uh, link to uh, the fo follow-up video that this fellow made when he found out that Minnesota was was redesigning its flag, and he goes through the three finalists. And he picks the one he picks that he liked is the one that we ended up using. The state ended up picking, and he liked the three colors. He thought at first he wasn't sure about it, put in, but putting the white stripe on the top. When you look at three color flags around the world, that white stripe is always in the middle. The vertical stripes, the horizontal stripes, the white's always in the middle. Here's the white on the top. I didn't like the three colors. I didn't like the three color stripes. I, it just it wasn't working for me. So when I saw the solid blue and the star, you know, the, the two tweaks that they did to it, changing the star a little bit, changing the blue, or changing to that light blue, I liked it. I thought it was great. And I posted on Facebook and said, I like it. And I've got the kind of uh, Facebook friends that 
so many of them were just whining about it. <laughs> uh, they, 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 there's, it was, there was a cartoonist out there who, who did a little cartoon that's a poke a little fun at the flag, but I think it's great. It shows a loon on a lake, and it goes in closer to the loon, and its eye starts to turn into a, into a star, and then one in the bottom frame, it's opening its mouth and blasting out some, you know, like laser, like atomic breath, like a, like a Godzilla. And then, then it shows the flag at the, underneath that. And I said, that just makes it awesomer to me. I, it's just, I just like it even more. I think it's great. I think it's great. And, 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 and there was a, a certain political aspect to this. Uh, somebody in another page, another person that's a Facebook friend of mine who shared that image of the flag. The responses he was getting was, "Yeah, we like it. Yeah, yeah. you know, maybe not. Oh, I love it. Some people love it. Some people are kind of, you know, like me. I like it. I like the flag. I think it's great. Uh, but he didn't have nearly <laughs> the the pushback on it. There was uh, 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 one of his people said." Making the political connections to it, whether they're whether it's legit or not, I don't know, but it might be a little interesting. The reactions of "I like it" or "Meh," those are Democrats. The reaction of "Why change it?" You know, "Why spend that money?" That's Republicans. It's Somalia. It's erasing our history. Those in the magas. It's Somalia. There was, you know. One of my Trumpers that's on my Facebook, someone I went to high school with, she chimed in and was saying it's Somalia. And it's like, well, no. Somalia has several flags for its country. You know, they must have states in there and they have flags, several flags. And yeah, there's there are a couple of them that are similar. Uh, similar to the, the tricolor one and then similar to the, the final uh, the design, but come on, the person who designed it had no idea. They weren't. It's just. It's. It's. It's not. It's like it's part of that. They're poisoning our blood. Shit. That you just. Just go away. Just go away. Okay. Just go away. Anyway, I'm an artist. I have a certain amount of training. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the graphic artist sort. Uh, I mean, like a graphic designer sort, but take this artist's opinion of the flag. I like it. I'm right. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, uh, I hope you all have a good Christmas. Uh, if you celebrate Christmas, otherwise uh, the other holidays that are at this part of the year, happy holidays and happy new year. I think I'm going to do a show next week, so uh, just remember that this is the Dimland Radio that you've been listening to, and I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. Behave yourselves. Because Santa can still look into his magic snowball and see just what you're up to. And now that you know all about him, you can be darn sure that comes snow or high water, Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not...